0: Welcome to episode 27 of What Is Good, What Is On Netflix As We Speak, or we own For short. My name is Max Cobbley, and every so often I talk TV with my good friend Michael Aycock, including, but not restricted to, things that are good, things that are on Netflix, and things that are on As We Speak. The observant amongst you may notice that we have been gone since February, but in the spirit of the season, we've decided to return for a Christmas miracle in the form of an end-of-year TV review. The less said about 2020 in non-TV terms, the better. So I'll just say hello to my co-host, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm I'm all right, thanks. How are you
0: doing? I'm good. I'm good. I presume that your 2020 has been wonderful and full of family and friends and trips and all, all sorts of other good things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could really give it some time away from people, I feel. Yeah, year. sometimes it's just nice
0: to be yeah. to be at home. I know we, don't, we often don't get enough time at home, I think, and it's important to sort of carve out that time, I think, just to to re reground yourself in your surroundings. And people spend a lot of time and a lot of effort, I think, and a lot of money on their houses, and you don't always get to appreciate them. So maybe a resolution for 2021 could be that we try and make a bit more time for things like that. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, it's uh, up to everybody to make their own decisions, but that's my feeling on it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I, I've, been, I, I mean, have you been?
0: I mean, have been able to watch much TV this year, Max? Oh, it's been a struggle in between everything that's been going on. I have managed to sort of creep in a bit of TV here and there, like around the edges, when I when I've had chance. So, yeah, I did. I mean, to be honest, if we didn't make this podcast, I might not have watched any, maybe. But I thought, even though we weren't recording, I knew we were going to do something like this. I thought I've just got to, I've got to make some time and watch a bit of TV. So. So that I've got the opinions that the good people um, out there count on us for. Um, what about you? Have you managed to make some time?
1: Uh, I, I have. I, I, um, I didn't think I'd have a lot of time to watch TV, but uh, statistically I've watched as much TV, uh, or nearly as much TV as I watched last year. In terms uh, of I, haven't, I haven't kept my statistics. Uh, and then, and that is a an uplift or a slight increase on twenty eighteen.
0: Like sorry, how many have you watched this year?
1: I have completed eighty seven series. Um, eighty seven. Yeah, for those those playing along at home, that's two down on last year, which was eighty
0: nine. I have completed ninety one, uh, and last year I completed one hundred and thirteen. So. I am, I am well down. Uh, you know, it's just been a busy year. Yeah. It's been a busy year.
1: Come out, kind of out and about with people, haven't you? Yeah, um, definitely,
0: definitely. You also, uh, have got one of those, um, uh, one of those things that the the kids are all going on about nowadays. Uh, baby, one of those baby things, haven't you? That's, that yeah. takes up a bit of time. I think, like,
1: yeah, I th- I think I mean probably look like my TV year was skewed a lot watching stuff at the start of the year. So some mm-hmm. of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, I watched at the start of the year, and probably can't really remember any of it.
0: Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've had that problem <laughs> with my list. I was like, I know I like this, but I can't specifically remember why.
1: And then a lot of stuff at the end of the year. And I, I did what I, what I don't normally do, which was um, not actually rate anything for about the last two months and then had to just make it up, just put some numbers against it.
0: This is why my system is best. If you don't rate anything in the first place, then you're never behind.
1: Yeah, but then you've to. But then you've got nothing to benchmark against.
0: And just your feeling, just your gut feeling and, and whether whether your heart swells when you think about the show. That's all it that
1: yeah, is. Yeah, I suppose
0: so. Okay, yeah. so uh, before we start recounting our top ten anyway, we, might, we thought we might throw in a couple of bonus categories um, for you folks out there. Uh, and we'll start with our biggest TV surprise of the year. So I guess the defini- definition of this would be something that we went into with uh, very low expectations or perhaps no expectations at all and were very pleasantly surprised by. So what have you got for us in that area, Mike? Um,
1: it's, uh, it's a good question. He hasn't got one. This, no, Mike no. is
0: never surprised. This is the thing about Michael, the listeners. You may have picked this up by now. He's ready for everything. So no, I don't I, know why we put this category in.
1: Well, I, I, I suppose the biggest surprise was something that I thought was going to be okay, and it's probably exceeded my expectations um, in 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 some way. And I, I, I'm going I'm going to um, to to put forward as like, my surprise the uh, Alex Rider, the um, the kind of the teenage spy um, series.
0: I, I'm also surprised by that because I genuinely forgot that that existed as a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And no, I was looking down my list. I, it's. It scored, it scored relatively well and um it was one of those shows that i thought would just be something that you could just have on in the background and it would just sort of you yeah, know pass some time but i i genuinely thought it was it was quite an engaging and really interesting series i thought um yeah. so
0: for those of us not not familiar with um alex Ryder, explain to us what this is
1: so it's uh, it's an adaptation of the uh, Anthony Horowitz book um, of the same name where it's a, um, <clears throat> about a boy called Alex Ryder who, who who becomes recruited as a spy by, uh, by MI6. Um, so he was... Um, and and there's, there's all kinds of links based on his, his uncle and also I think he's also his family prior to that um, who were also sort of involved and he was lured in and ultimately to to solve the the murder of his uncle um but it was kind of a, very much a sort of a very much sort of bond-esque action thriller um but just probably with a bit more sort of depth
0: and nuance around it hmm. um, where, where can we find this if we wanted to watch it that, so, was it an amazon yeah
1: this, this is an amazon prime series um yeah, and, and yeah, a hallmark of a of a good show is eight episodes, and I watched it in about eight days, seven days, something like that. Yeah, eight days. So you know, very no, it's easy, to, easy to binge. And um, the yes, the episodes weren't particularly long; they're sort of forty five it's forty five minutes, so it's relatively punchy. Um, the cast's pretty good, but I, I do think that you know so Otto Farrant is Alex Ryder and uh and then uh, Brennick O'Connor is, is his best friend Tom. But, you know, just have a really good sort of connection um, as sort of that those sort of those you know, teenagers um, who kind of getting themselves embroiled in a bit more. Um, and you know, it's silly. I'm not saying it's you know it's you know, it's very realistic, but it just has that a bit of fun and action, and and it kind of draws you in and keeps you going. Um, you know, for the you know, for the um.
0: for for the whole series that's good uh my surprise was uh something that i had actually been told by a mutual friend of ours that it was good and i should look it up and then i never actually did uh until it came on netflix it had originally been a youtube series i think Mm -hmm. um and that's that's cobra kai which I i know got got a fair amount of buzz when it came onto netflix as i think there were quite a lot of people like me that came into it with uh fairly low expectations and were very surprised by it and I just thought it was going to be, well, one of two things. I thought it would either be some kind of, like, just really weird comedy that sort of vaguely trashed the legacy of the Karate Kid films and that sort of thing, Um, or it was going to be something that took itself way too seriously. Um, But actually, it just managed to walk this... It really really well walked this line between... um, kind of knowing that it was a bit shit and knowing that the karate kid is a bit shit but whilst also recognizing that um you know it has got a legacy it's very much of its time and and it it really works with that and it is funny uh but it's also dramatic when it needs to be it's got some pretty pretty well organized um action sequences in there and there's of course there's plenty of stuff from the fans in there the main uh the main characters in it are um william zabka and ralph macchio so the uh two teenagers who had the uh, iconic fight at the end of Karate Kid. So it follows them, uh, I think it's about 30 years later, and uh, they're still both living in the same place and see where their lives have got to. And various things happen that sort of re-spark their um, rivalry. Um, And two seasons of it came on Netflix. The third season is out on New Year's Day, I think. And it's just actually really great fun. Um, I think if you are not familiar with the Karate Kid, uh, you only need to watch the first one, uh, I think the second. There's some stuff that harks back to the second one, but the first one's probably enough. It's worth watching that first, so you pick up on some of the stuff in there. I think it's only like a couple of hours, and you know it's an entertaining film as well. Um, but it, it's just so much better than it really had any right to be. It, it's a very entertaining show.
1: What about uh, Karate Kid 3 with Harry uh, Swank?
0: I mean, I'm going to be, I haven't watched any other part from Karate Kid one. So okay. um, maybe, I mean, season three coming up, we'll see what Hillary Swank's up to nowadays. Uh, maybe they can get her in there. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not impossible.
1: Um, you know? And I suppose kind of, because it, it, it was made by fans, wasn't it? Effectively.
0: Yeah, so it's the creators of uh, Josh Hill, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. I haven't looked too much into the, uh the background of how it came about but i'm pretty sure that they were fans they sort of were throwing this idea around that they never really expected anybody to go with um and that they were sort of as surprised as anybody else when um where anybody actually wanted to make it and when both william Zabka and and ralph Macchio were on board for it so i think it really it's it's a thing that probably should never really have existed and nobody ever really thought to exist and so it's sort of keeping really that nobody it seems really had any expectations for it and yet it's just a sort of quite a delightful surprise. Um,
1: I, and would you say it, it's better than than the, than the, the Karate than Kid? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're comparing films and TV, aren't you? There, it's a it's a trap that I don't particularly want to fall into as a TV reviewer. I'd say that they're both um, they're both very fine, entertaining pieces of uh, art and culture. It can't yeah. really be as good because uh, Mr Miyagi's not knowing it, so. Fair yeah, enough. I do, and, and, and
1: I suppose kind of so it's on Netflix, is it as as we
0: speak? It's What's all on the Netflix. episodes at length;
1: they're quite punchy episodes,
0: aren't they? Yeah, it's not half an hour. Yeah, I think they're only, they're only half an hour long, so that 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 weighs into its um its, its watchability. But Very um, fun. so um, now we've done our surprises, Michael. We're we're getting closer towards doing the top ten, but um, we thought we'd just take a take a moment to for an honourable mention for a show that. Uh, you particularly enjoyed, or you thought might have been worthy, but didn't quite make the cut. So, um, what what have you got for us on that front?
1: Um, uh, for for me, I have gone with um, the uh, uh, the miniseries Mrs America, which I believe was shown on um, on BBC. I watched it on the iPlayer, but I think it was shown on BBC Two, um, mm-hmm. which it is sort of uh, the dramatization of um, I suppose kind of um, yeah, equal right sort of the equal rights amendment in America uh, and the various components of the, you know, the the people pushing for it, the um, sort of the, the, the feminist groups working to, to support it and lobbying Congress, and then also this the rise of this um, uh, conservative Christian movement, particularly the female conservative Christian movement. Um, and I, 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 it's kind of like a, a really stunning um, stunning piece of TV, excellently made, um, really engaging. Um, um, you know, Kate Blanchett has the sort of lead role, she really does stand out, but it's a really strong cast as well. Um, interesting because it's something I don't really know very much about, so it, it kind of was a very interesting topic, um, which I think they, cap- they, they seem to have captured pretty well. Um, and as well focus slightly more on the, the sort of the I suppose kind of the anti side of it um, you know I suppose we always we always think about the, the sort of the, the, the kind of the pro movements whether it's uh, equal rights or abortion or or, or, or things like that and this kind of had a, a kind of a balance a bit more balance um, with a kind of a character and a prominent conservative activist um, who, who's played by. Like, so it just sat just outside my top 10 i thought it was um a really really kind of engrossing um sort of mini series nine episodes um and, and, and well worth um well worth watching um if you get the chance to
0: yeah okay uh, it's something that i have heard of but i i never i didn't actually get around to watching it um so um yeah but I, i'm sure it's still an play. people want to look it up uh, my honourable mention is the second series of something which I think we did. Well, we did talk about the first series when it came on, and that's the Dirty Money. So mm. the series of um, documentaries. I think the the first series had one by Alex Gibney. I don't actually know how involved he is in think, it as a series. I
1: think he um, was ex- executive producer, wasn't he,
0: of it Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't know whether he's still involved with it, but re- regardless, there, there's six episodes in the. Um, in the second series, and they're uh, they're all excellent. So some of them are, are more interesting than others. It's going to depend a little bit on your um, perspective, but they're all essentially supposed to be hour-long uh, documentaries about various aspects of uh, modern economy or corruption or um, capitalism or society. That's sort of bent on it. So the second series had uh, an examination of um, the unethical practices at Wells Fargo, the corruption of the Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak. Uh, Jared Kushner's slums um, and his his reputation as a slumlord, the abuse of the guardian system in the U.S. And, and various other things, plastic pollutions, all that sort of thing. And um, every uh, individual documentary on it is is just incredibly well made. These people really really know what they're doing, and they're they're really interesting subjects. Um, it, it's a bit depressing because there aren't really many there aren't really many happy stories in there as you would expect. But a lot of this stuff really needs to have its um, have its profile raised, and um, it's quite staggering, really. I mean, it often is with these documentaries to think that this stuff is real and that people are actually doing this and somehow getting away with this stuff. So um, I, I would really recommend it to anybody with any sort of passing interest in um, while well, the world around them and the systems of government and capitalism and corporations and that sort of thing. Is a, it's a fantastic documentary series on Netflix and uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be a third series of it full of interesting subject matter as well. Is that one that you watched, Mike? I can't remember. You watched the first one, didn't you? I, I
1: did watch the uh, the first series, but I haven't seen the second. So, uh, um, well, I, 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 I've seen it came up Um I probably should... Uh,
0: check it out okay so um well, without further ado then let's get into our top 10 tv of the year so uh just a reminder for people out there we're probably going to do 10 to 6 now then we'll um, then we'll break a little bit for a couple more special categories and and we'll do a um uh the second five after that it may well end up being split into two podcasts uh, so apologies if that's so it's a rough production here going on um and we'll we'll start with uh, your number ten, Michael. Or we would do in uh, under normal circumstances. But but what we we like to do on here is if somebody if both if we've both got the same show in our top tens, we'll we'll wait and discuss uh, the show um, at the higher position of them. And Michael's number ten is something that I've got higher in my list. So actually, Michael, we're just going to skip right past your number ten yeah. uh, without any further comment. I think and move to my number ten. Uh, which was season five of Better Call Saul, which is uh, made by AMC, shown on Netflix over here from Vince Gillen and Peter Gould. Uh, If you're unaware of this for whatever reason, it's a um, follow-on from um, Breaking Bad. follows the character of um, Saul Goodman. Um, Oh, well, it's a follow-on and and a prequel. Actually, it's mostly a prequel, isn't it? It does have some elements of follow-on from it as well. Uh, But it sort of shows how... um, how how Saul Goodman, the character of Saul Goodman came to be. We're five seasons into what I think is gonna be a six season run from what I've seen of it. Um and um it's just a it's just a tremendous, tremendous show. I I was not I think I've said before on this podcast I wasn't particularly interested in when I heard of it. I'm I'm in general not interested in prequels. Um I kind of feel like I don't like seeing stories where I know what the end point's gonna be. Um it just robs it of inherent sort of um, drama for me um, but that's absolutely not been the case in better or because the the character of Saul Goodman played by Bob Odenkirk played brilliantly by Bob Odenkirk is so far away from where he ends up at the start that uh, there's no there's no sense the fact that you know where he's going is is a um not a problem because you know it's clearly going to be such a journey to get there that it's going to be inherently interesting and b it actually works in the show's favor, I think, because um, I don't think it's any spoiler to say that sort of where he ends up is going to be, in many regards, a fall from a fall from grace, a fall from position, and the whole uh, heart of the show really is watching watching him descend, um, as you're really rooting for him not to. Yeah, uh, and the inevitability of you know where it's going, I think, is part of um, part of the tragedy of the whole thing. But um, saying that it's a tragedy um, also gives the impression that it is hard watching, which it isn't at all. It's a very entertaining TV show. Uh, features plenty of uh, levity and comedy, plenty of um, uh, well, I was about to say good action. It's not action as such, but there's plenty of drama and plenty of tension and suspense. There's all sorts of um, subplots. Uh, Jonathan Banks uh returns in it uh obviously as um uh a character's name has completely gone out of my head mike is he called yeah, mike? mike mike Troutman. yeah yeah mike herman trout something like that i can't it's gone out of my head like it like like we said earlier on we watched some of these things a long time ago um and there were various other characters i won't spoil that that make appearances that are in breaking bad and you know you get to see the background of a lot of them but it's um it's just a really, really well put together, entertaining show, and I, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand by my proclamation that I that it's better. Well, I was about to say that it's better than Breaking Bad. I will at least say that I prefer it to Breaking Bad, which, to my mind, was a TV show that I I did enjoy, in that ice, but I would never watch again, and certainly had highs and lows. Yeah, I I mean I never I, I watched one. Um
1: where was the first series of um Call soul and i and then i haven't gone back to it and for, for various reasons and I, I know it's it does get rave reviews but a, a little bit through through it is you kind of get a bit frustrated because um you know the there, the has everything on a platter and
0: yeah, yeah. I, I can see that and some people have said like um uh you know they don't go on with it for that reason that that there that seems to be a character who anytime anything good happens for him he seems to sort of reject it just because he needs to for plot reasons because otherwise things wouldn't go the way they do but i personally i feel like they they do a pretty good job of showing how that's all in character for him and uh, that's all sort of part of um how he's ended up where he is um but yeah, I mean, I can I can see that that if you don't gel with that idea, um, then that would be pretty frustrating to watch, yeah.
1: Um, uh, and, um and and kind of what what in terms of the series five, yeah, it, it makes it kind of stay at that top level. What you often find is kind of these shows. I know they might have a fixed run of five, six, seven series, but. You know, they, they start to sort of peter out of steam a little bit or they feel like the storyline gets stretched. Um, so yeah, I mean, that doesn't happen- feel
0: like the case in this. I, I won't go into like specific plot spoilers on it, though. I mean, I guess there's going to be a certain element of spoiling about this, but I, I won't get too specific. But the, the characters that they introduce um, along the way, both new characters and characters that were in Breaking Bad that you're now seeing the sort of build up is prequels for them as well as for uh, Zor Goodman as well. Uh, Those stories are just just so interesting. The characters are so vivid. And um, really, it's difficult to say what makes season five um, so good because it isn't particularly better than any of the other seasons. Uh, It's just overall an incredibly good show with a very consistent high level um, for me. So uh, season five being in my top ten when other seasons haven't been in my top ten is perhaps a bit more of an indictment of the fact that i haven't loved some stuff as much as i had other years because um better call saw has always been in my short list anytime there's been a season of it when it comes to these end of years reviews uh i can't remember whether it's made top 10 or not before um but either way there isn't anything special about it beyond the fact that the show as a whole is special and you know and it's in the hands of people who um clearly know exactly where they're going how they want to get there and it's just really well guided and plotted and written um just overall very very high consistency uh so let's move on michael oh we'll be here all night long huh? uh time for your number nine um and your number nine is... is
1: aquafina is Nora from queens which um was on on the iplayer i think it's comedy central uh, series um production um which um it was it was kind of written and created by um, General Otto uh, Aquafina, who you may have known from uh a a, a supporting role in uh, Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Uh, I don't know. I've not seen the film. I haven't seen that. Is she I think she's, is she she Ocean's Eight as well. Did I make that uh, up? yes, she is, is, in, is she in
1: Ocean's Eight as well. Yes, yes, that's
0: true. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's she's also a joke in BoJack Horseman.
1: I that's I've, I've not got to that that
0: that joke so far. Okay, oh, but um, well, it's a pretty passing joke that I didn't get because I'd never heard of her at the time. But I got it in retrospect.
1: That good stuff. Um, so it's her yeah. comedy series. Um, she co-created it with Laurie Tan Chin, who plays her grandmother in the in it as well. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of sort of a, yeah, sort of it's a loose sort of semi-autobiographical. Sort of uh, stories, um, uh, and Nora. She plays Nora, who is a bum who lives with her dad and and grandma in uh, in Queens. Um, and it's just it's incredibly silly. There's there's some sort of real surreal elements to it, but it's just a it's just a real great fun comedy. Absolutely loved it. Um, it, it just just zipped along. Um.
0: Yeah, I mean, it largely, it largely passed me by this one. I, I did hear about it and I and I sort of made a mental note to look it up and then I, I, I forgot to do that and then just never came across it. I don't think I even realised it had been on TV over here. So Yeah, I, um, I
1: mean, I would strongly recommend sort of um, you know, hunting it out. Um, you know, classic sort of short sort of 20 22, 23-minute episodes. Um, just, just quite silly and funny. Uh, a lot of the sort of there's kind of a high level of sort of you know, sort of stoner type comedy in there of being a bit you know being a bit of a bum and and, and all of those kind of kind of things. Um, there's there's she has a um a great sort of rivalry with her cousin played by Bowen Yang who they who they kind of who's kind of a sort of tech entrepreneur type character very very successful um and it's 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 just great fun I just really enjoyed it you know yep. in a year that's I not see it's
0: had, been renewed for a,
1: sorry just in a year that's not had a huge amount to, to of, um jollity and um, that was that was kind of a highlight for me
0: mm, yeah I've got I've got one coming up in my list that I think filled a similar a similar slot for me but I'll definitely also look that up if it's still an i because it's something that Uh, As soon as I saw it on your list, it did come back to me that I'd meant to watch it. Um, My number nine is actually your number 10, Mm. um, which is um, a conglomeration because I finished watching the first series of it at the start of this year and just finished watching the second series of it last week or something, uh, which is uh, series one and series two of His Dark Materials. Um, So that is the adaptation by Jack Thorne of the Philip Pullman trilogy so they've done the first two books now and then series three obviously will be the final book in the trilogy uh, so it stars Daphne Keane and Amir Wilson as sort of the main two teenage characters in it and then uh, Ruth Wilson uh manuel Miranda and various other recognizable people in other parts in it um it's an absolutely lavish production I would say it looks like it's had all the money in the world thrown at it um, and it, it, it's like for something like this, you know, a fan, a fantasy series, uh, you can't, you can't skim, you can't skimp on it and they haven't at all. And you can just see that quality and production, uh, absolutely everywhere in it. But for me also, it's just a, it's a terrific story. It's really well told. They've adapted, I think what is quite a, or can be in places a slow, fairly dense book with some actually pretty complex ideas in it. Um, really well. Uh, I understand the TV show more than I understood the books, so I'll say that much so far. Um, and I, it's just been proper event TV for me, like a really rollicking, enjoyable, um, sort of thrilling watch as I've gone along. So I'm assuming you are feeling similarly as you had it at number 10 in your list. Yeah,
1: yeah and um, you know, it's kind of it, it, this and Aqu- Aquavina is nowhere from Queen's. Got, I kind of rate them about the same, so they kind of sit sit together. Um, yeah, I, I think it, the 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 good thing about it is that it kept it very very uh, they kept it very punchy and and really moved it along the story pretty quickly. Uh, particularly yeah. the, the sort of the, the second series where I think they they covered part of this book in the first series to make
0: sure that. Uh, yeah they blended it a bit to get the characters together, i think didn't they for sort of like cast reasons well i
1: i think as well, it just kind of probably makes the story sort of flow better for t v and and you know yeah. and i think they've mm. they've they've kind of they've created this very much where i think they they've they've probably plotted what they how they want the three the three books to look and feel um before they've even started it. And they probably kind of got commissioned to do all three
0: series, rather than a, you know, case they where, didn't actually. Didn't they? I, I, was, I was, I was, I was discovering. Yeah, they only got re- renewed. For, they got renewed for the second series before the first series had even aired. Um, but the third one uh, actually, I think it did get recommissioned very quickly. But they didn't. They certainly didn't know that they were definitely getting three when they made the first two. Right. So well, I just, I, um, I, it's interesting. I can't imagine unless it had absolutely bombed it would have been a fair old travesty well, I, if they hadn't made all of it <laughs>
1: i can tell kind of a little bit because obviously the film didn't do great and they only ever made the golden compass yeah um so i can understand a little bit in that in that sense but um but it kind of you can tell that they created the story with everything in mind ma- in mind so to draw that because the first book's very much about sort of you know lyra and the second book's then about um i forgot to say well yeah um whereas what they've done is they've sort of said well we need to get to the end point through the two books so we'll we'll, we'll take the sort of evolution and journey together um
0: yeah i think months. you have to assume you're going into something like that, even if you haven't been commissioned for it that you are going to get the chance to do it all because otherwise you sort of you know you're just going to end up compromising and probably making it worse and then lowering the chances that you do get to do it all, So. Yeah, it does make sense, but I, I'm very glad that they they are going to get to do it all because I, I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Um, it's been a been a Christmas a Christmas fixture for the last two years, so uh, wh- whether it will be next year, I don't know. I imagine that um, they haven't even started filming it yet, so it seems unlikely. Um, but whenever it turns whenever it turns out, I will enjoy it very much, no doubt. Uh, and interestingly, we'll keep an eye on whether or not they're going to make the second Philip Pullman trilogy, didn't they? Because he's made another one. I've lost it. I've lost the name of it here. No, The Book of Dust. Mm, I, I don't know. Have heard of this? Yeah,
1: it's only really recent yeah. though, isn't it,
0: that he's released that? Oh, so, this, the two, two of the three books are out already though, so I wouldn't, and, and I've had a sort of, I haven't read them but I've had a bit of a look just to see at a passing glance whether or not it looks feasible that they could just sort of make all six if they wanted to and I think it would be doable actually. Timelines and everything don't seem like a massive problem, So uh it will be interesting to see whether they call it quits at three um but you know either way i'm going to be there for it and i will very much enjoy it so um let's move on now to your number eight michael
1: oh yeah my list there. um so
0: my... do you want me to tell you what no, it is no no i've got it yeah
1: <laughs> so uh my number eight is uh, the second series of the umbrella academy which is on mm-hmm. netflix so um the uh, Steve Blackman adaptation of the Gerard Way and Gabriel Bá um, graphic novels, um, which is uh, you know we've spoken about the Umbrella Academy before, and here is you know a, a kind of a, a group of children with superpowers, um, and they kind of it kind of was left hanging at the end of the first series um and then uh yeah and, and then they've kind of they seem to be adapting sort of the, the the books as um kind of as individual series as we as we kind of go along um and yeah i just thought again it it was just um just a really it's just really great fun it looks fantastic it's available on netflix um yeah the cast's really good there's a good sort of chemistry between all the characters in terms of yeah, you know, the,
0: the the dynamics. Yeah, they don't they do feel like you know when they're all when they're all squabbling they they do feel like a, a proper family in there. So that is um, they've they've definitely got that chemistry down. And it is what what one thing I like about it is again how how funny it is as well. But but without taking away from any of its dramatic moments, like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, that's something I enjoyed about both the seasons of it. But yeah, and, um, and yeah,
1: it it looks fantastic. It's sort of the, the it, it's sort of set in in period of time. Um, yeah, without going into too much detail, um, and they kind of capture that that style of, um, uh, yeah, as well. Um, I think there's another show that we both have in our top 10 um which, which does something similar um and, and you yeah, know they, they sort of draw it through and but, yeah, it's got really you yeah, it's got they managed to, to have to pull together a, a really great soundtrack as well. Um,
0: the mu- the music in it is great they're mu- their musical choices for for all that different um, uh, not not the not the score so much not that the score is bad but I'm I'm talking about the sort of pop music yeah. selections if you like they are all really well chosen they were in the first series as well so they they now had to pick the right tune for the right moment definitely
1: exactly and yeah it's just um, a really just um, a, a a good fun watch um, I, I think it's a it's a prime example I think we spoke about it last year as so uh, an example of where there's a there's a saturation of comic book, um sort of um, sort of productions, whether it's film or TV at the minute, that it kind of mm-hmm. stands out as being able to be a bit different and um kind of unique in 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 that sense as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and 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 it doesn't. Um, I think sometimes with these adaptations, you feel like the people are making them are slightly embarrassed of their. Comic book roots, or, or they want to try and make something that is like a, a a TV version of the story in the comic book and the characters. Whereas the Umbrella Academy, to me, actually feels like someone's gone. No, I just want to make this comic book, but on TV, mm-hmm. um, and and it just sort of has like a vibrancy and a, a kind of attitude that goes along with that. Um, and, to
1: and, and just a, a sort of a brief aside, Max. Um, I I quite I like that, and I want I. I and, you know well yeah I might undermine myself with the show further up the list so to speak <laughs> um uh, and, and you know, but but I think that still has the same the, f- the same feel core, core feel which is I quite like the adaptations which try to keep keep the same ethos and the character and and you know whether the story is diff- a bit different or not um, mm-hmm. but but tries to still be that comic book rather than take the rather than to sanitize or or kind of homogenize you know a comic book character for whether it's a film yeah. or for a media or or for, for TV. And
0: there are there are definitely there are some there are some comic books where you can't really um you can't change that without changing what they are fundamentally either. So uh, you know, you have the real potential to absolutely ruin some adaptations if you don't keep those core principles of what made the comic book great, and they uh, they they've done that with the Umbrella Academy and also with the mystery thing that we're talking about later as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, my number eight, by contrast, is a completely original uh, work from Alex Garland, who wrote and directed uh, every episode of the FX miniseries *Devs*, which. Um, stars Sonoya Mizuno Nick Offerman and various other people it's a story about a uh, woman who works in Silicon Valley a big tech company who's um uh something happens to her boyfriend early on in the story and then she then tries to investigate it and gets caught up in a sort of uh I guess high-tech conspiracy thriller sort of thing about what exactly is going on um and it's again another one that's inc- just looks absolutely amazing on screen it's got really really high production values all the axes in it are excellent alex garland of course um wrote um such books as the beach and the tesseract and also gave us um oh, ex machina recently as well as uh, sunset the danny boyle film um and, you know, he knows what he's doing with sci-fi stuff and how to write a good story in here. And um, Devs r- is really, um, as well as a compelling mystery thriller, uh, you can tell that there's a brain behind it really thinking about uh, a core science fiction idea that sort of runs through it all. And obviously I'm not going to say what it is because that's quite core to the to the story. Um, but it's just like really intelligently written. My only criticism of it, I think, would be that I thought at the end, it lacked a little bit of a story punch. I think on an emotional and character level, I think it worked well. But where the actual story went, I thought that there should, there couldn't, maybe should have been an extra twist or an extra turn at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, although perhaps you could argue that that is in keeping with what the story is about. Um, but nevertheless, I really, really enjoyed it. It was. I, I watched it all very quickly. It's uh what well, it was available on iPlayer over here because it's I don't think it's actually anything to do with BBC, so I don't know whether it still will be, but um if it is, it's definitely one to seek out for for sci-fi or sort of, you know, tech conspiracy fans out there. Um is it one you watch Mike I, uh, I can't remember. Yeah,
1: I think you can still get it on iPlayer. Um uh, yes, I did watch it. Um uh, and I, I considered Putting it forward for a uh, um, for for maybe a sort of a it's not in my top ten for an, a, a, one of our auxiliary categories, um, but yeah. not one any of the ones that we've used so far. Um, it it's a really I I don't, it's a really interesting idea, but it sort of gets lost somewhat up its own backside.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And it nearly dropped out of my top 10. Uh, there was one version that had it down at, like, number 12 or so before I reevaluated later on. Um, but I think, overall, I, I just came back to the fact that, I mean, I, I watched it all really quickly. I enjoyed it all. It definitely wasn't perfect. It could have been a bit cleaner, I think. But um, the things that it did do well, it, it did really well in there. So It's it's a
1: wonderful idea, Um but I felt there was elements to it that just didn't quite hang together very well, and mm-hmm. um, so some some of the characters. So it didn't it didn't quite sort of make sense. It, 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 they had to maybe be there to to move them, you know, to to push forward the narrative, but the logic behind all of that didn't really sort of make sense to me. Um, it, um, uh, and it is such kind of a complex idea. It's like, I, I think it's kind of almost... Just to sort of try to do it, as you say, it kind of lost sort of narratively, it lost its way sort of towards the end, it kind of ended. Um, and, mm. I, and I just think it's just because it's just obvious st- that that... You could have done. You could have done it in a film in three hours, and it probably wouldn't have done it justice. You could have done it over seven series, and it wouldn't have done it quite justice. I don't. I'm not sure there's there would ever be the right number or the right length to really tell it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the the core subject is pretty. It's a pretty big one. You can go and deep as deep into it as you want, really. And it like as you say you may still never uh, actually get to the depth it requires. But um, it's definitely an interesting one out there. So, uh, yeah, I, as it is apparently on iPlayer again, I, I don't if you didn't see that, that's, that's worth looking up. Uh, your number seven, Michael, is another one that we're going to have to come back to later yeah. because it's higher on my list. So we'll just move straight on to my number seven, which I guess I think in many ways is my equivalent of your pick of um, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. My number seven is Dave season one of Dave, that was an FX production and, again, was on iPlayer, I think probably still is, I imagine, if Debs is, um from Dave Bird and Jeff Schaefer, who is a man at least partially responsible for such things as Kirby Enthusiasm and The League and that sort of thing. um And Dave Bird is, in real life, a rapper, like a sort of comedy rapper called Lil Dicky, and this comedy show stars a fictionalised version of him playing himself, um basically trying to get his rap career going and uh in sort of investigating the uh relationships that he forms along the way specifically with his girlfriend played by taylor misiak and his hype man uh played by um gator who is uh, absolutely tremendous in it a really wonderful character and a, a really a, a really great breakout performance i think there um but i mean fundamentally the reason why dave's up on my list so highly is just really really funny uh <laughs> there's not much more to it than that um, I, it starts for me a little bit slowly, I, I would be interested, I think I'm going to watch it again because I think having watched it all the way through, if I was to start it again I think I would find the, the first few episodes funnier than I did, but really when it gets its pace going, it warms up It's um, it's got some really tremendous jokes in there, it's got some pretty amusing comedy um, comedy rap in there as well, so it, it's not like Flight of the Conchords in style or Um, in the type of music or anything but the musical interludes and their comedic value definitely um, sort of bring that to mind in that regard Um, and um, it also is not just pure pure comedy it is funny but it does have its moments where it gets deeper into it there are some dramatic moments in there and uh, some episodes more than others have that in there but it's just a really really clever really funny um, comedy show that uh, I enjoyed uh, a lot. Again, as you say, Michael, in the year in which I think we all need a comedy show here or there to make us laugh, so um, that was my number seven. I know
1: absolutely nothing about
0: that TV series. Have you, have you even heard of it? I, I,
1: I've looked it. Is on, it is still on iPlayer. Um, oh well, give, give it a um, look then. But I ask because I think stuff on iPlayer. I think um,
0: it, we can have a simultaneous watching party. How many episodes of uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens are there?
1: Well, probably about the same
0: i think it's the, yeah so like we could watch we could at the same time I'll, I'll watch episode one of that and you watch episode one of dave and then we'll you know we'll compare notes after um,
1: but um, I, I think they seem, seem to have a, a sort of a, um uh they, they seem to be doing a lot of
0: stuff with fx at the minute what what that's a that's an incredibly vague comment who is they and what sort of stuff are they doing
1: well, they, they seem to be doing a lot of. A Do you just mean series. they're making good things? No, no, they, they seem to be showing a lot of series from
0: it. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, the BBC must have some kind of deal with them because yeah, Devs and Dave are both FX and they are on there, so uh, maybe they've worked something out between them or something. But uh, that
1: seems to be like okay. if you sort of think like HBO seems to be sort of Sky, um, and Channel Four does someone. Can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but BBC seems to 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 just be doing sort of FX stuff at the minute.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, we're nearly at the halfway point. We've just got to cover our number sixes. So I don't know if you want to lead us off with that one, Michael.
1: Uh, yeah. My number six is um, a show that I started watching exactly a year ago today, um, which is the uh, the third series of the marvelous Mrs. Basil. Um, I continue to to thoroughly enjoy um this um, to, um comedy drama would it, would it be right in describing it as that um
0: about the travails yeah of, i would say that comedy yeah, drama yeah travails of a, um,
1: a, a of a an aspiring um female Jewish comedian in America in the 60s 70s, yeah 60s um played by uh um yeah so um I, I think you kind of drifted off during the second series of this, and I presume you didn't. Watch I, I
0: absolutely did, and I have not drifted back again to it.
1: No. I, I think this is, uh, focuses a little more on sort of the stand. It moves a bit more to the stand up. So, third series is her on uh, is Mrs. Basil on tour. Um, but I just still think it's like really nice, fresh. I think that I, I really like the comedy uh, and the pace of the humour through it. Um, I, I just still still think it's it, it it's performing um, incredibly well um, and yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the, the third series as
0: much as I did the first two uh, do you know it, how much it, has it got sort of like a planned end date or is it just rolling on I have no idea no okay fair enough but uh, yeah it's, it's a shame it, it's something I vaguely think I should I should maybe sort of go and revisit because I, I absolutely loved the first series of it um, and really the second series was not exactly far away in terms of quality. It was still, it was still light and breezy and funny. It just lost the narrative drive that I think um, I was, you know, that I'd really enjoyed in the first series. And perhaps, it, you know, I think I only got three or four episodes through it. So maybe it picks that up again a bit later, but yeah. Um, you know, maybe one day I'll get back to it and see how see how bored I get and see how much longer we get locked down for. I think
1: them. the the second series did sort of move away from the, the because the best thing about that, I think the, the great thing about this is actually the the, the kind of the, the stand up routines um, mm. that, that, that that they do um, and that really sort of you know, fast paced punchy um, sort of New York Jewish comedy. Um, that 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 they're using. So series two sort of drifted more into sort of personal relationships and uh, and, and and around sort of looking at finding you know, other part, yeah you know, yeah you know, kind of kind of other partners and and it drifted away from those stand up routines, which kind of kept sort of some real pace and energy through the first series because so every every episode sort of had a. A snappy sort of, sort of, um, sort of bit. I think the third series kind of get, went back to a bit more of that, rather than some more sort of broader narrative episodes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, my um entry at number six is, is possibly slightly controversial because I've I've now watched it twice. Um, both times on different platforms and both times it was released on different platforms split into two parts. And so I can't actually remember when, where and how it actually came out in the first time, but I, I can tell you that I've watched most of it this year. Uh, and I really enjoyed it now season four of Rick and Morty, um, from adult swim on channel four and then latterly currently Netflix over here. Uh, I, I think I may have started to watch it around this time last year. Uh, so I think it mostly is mostly is a 2020 production, but honestly, I couldn't tell you. Why they do these things, I don't know. It was such a massive gap between them. And I sort of get it when it was on Channel 4 the first time because sometimes that's how they release things in America. They split them. But then why was it the same way on Netflix? Why did half of it come out and then half of it came out months later on Netflix? I don't understand it. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that uh i don't think it's there i don't think it's rick and morty's best season in fact potentially it might be the worst season but uh just for my money still the worst season of rick and morty is still better than the vast majority of other things on tv um i thoroughly enjoyed it i think maybe it had a little bit more filler but uh, i had personal highlights such as the one with the the time traveling snake terminators the uh the story train and the vat of acid episode are just just absolute standouts for me it's, it's so funny and so clever and um if they seem to have a sensibility about making it as well where they are not i think possibly because it's on adult swim as well they don't have to comply particularly with what anybody expects of it so they can do more or less what they want and i think they have already said that when season five turns up it's going to be very different to how it's been so far um and yeah, again, just sort of sheer entertainment value. It's right up there, right? I nearly didn't put it on just because that was a bit boring. It's a bit of a mainstay in our in, in our list, one way or another, Rick and Morty, but then I just enjoyed it too much, so I'll put it in anyway. No, oh,
1: see, I didn't score it particularly highly because I felt it was a bit... And I, I think the main reason why I didn't score it very highly was because there's such a big gap.
0: Um, it's very... I, it is and, off-putting.
1: And this. <laughs> Almost felt, because I think there was actually like, this isn't just a case of they made it all and they had some now and then they held some back for two months later or whenever once something else is finished. It was, it did feel like they made some of it and then it stopped and then they made the second half of it because the story train episode, I think, there's kind of a, if you, towards the end, Telling people to go out and buy local and stuff. It's like in the second that. part, yeah. And yeah. yeah. um, yeah. so it is literally like they've. It is basically feels like they made two really short series, um, rather than.
0: Yeah, a little like that. I mean, they don't often have that much of a thread running through
1: them. No, no. i i so. I just don't quite. I just didn't quite understand that and how it all worked. I thought there was some, some of the, some of the weaker episodes within there as well. Um mm. uh, I thought the Dragon episode wasn't was wasn't among the best. I, I, and then and then I went to rewatch it all on Netflix, expecting it all to come out on Netflix, and then the same as you, there was the big gap, and I was just like, well, What what's the point? <laughs> um But I, I, but the, yeah, the the very best of Rick and Morty yeah. is he's in there and it's great. But I just compared to everything else, compared to other stuff I watched this year, it was in that block of I enjoy it, I'm gonna keep watching it, but there was so much that annoyed me about how it was released this year that I, I was just like, well, oh, I can't have it in my top 10. Um, and then subsequently there was, the, I think there was stuff that was sort of better um, as well, in my yeah. opinion. Um,
0: okay. So that puts us halfway through our top 10. We've done numbers 10 to six. Um Before we get into the top half of the annual rankings, I think it's, it's time for something that I think I've pushed for us to do before, but we never quite managed it. So uh, we, we can officially do it now, though, which is we're gonna we're gonna discuss what we thought was the worst show that we've seen this year. Now I need to sort of um, uh, put a bit of preamble here on this one, which is that I, I actually do find this quite hard because a I don't tend to watch things that look bad. And B, if I watch an episode of something, it's not very good. I won't watch anymore. And then it feels a bit harsh to brand that thing the worst thing I've seen because I didn't really give it a chance. But I didn't give it a chance because maybe it didn't deserve a chance, but even so. Uh, so I, I have restricted myself to things that I've seen at least half of. And so watch at least half of it before I gave up so that I can make an informed judgment. Uh, Michael, obviously, you, you feel free to uh, define worst show and your elimination categories however you wish but uh, I, I just want to put that out there so uh, my show when i say it isn't necessarily going to be the worst thing that's been made this year but it, it is certainly the worst thing that i committed a significant amount of time
1: to, i so. i my worst show is i i have to finish the show I and mean, okay. then uh, i've rated it um, do you want me to jump well, to say what my worst one is or are you gonna
0: uh, yeah no you go ahead, well, you go um, ahead.
1: We, we, uh, we spoke about it on our one episode that we've done this year um yep so the, the worst show that, he, that i watched this year was cobra and the, the sky one drama about some sort of natural d- disaster type thing and there's no power and Robert Carlyle plays the prime minister it's just awful it was just it was just horrible
0: yeah I, re- I remember discussing it at the time that, that was definitely one that went into the category of oh, this looks awful i'm not going to watch this on my on my part so well done i mean for the purposes of like you know tv criticism it's good that you do actually commit yourself to to watching these i started it so, so. i like to finish it Oh yeah, no, there's plenty of things that I start and give up on. Uh, my time, my time's too important to me, but, um, yeah, Cobra, that is one that I did hear getting absolutely slammed and slated all over the place. So yeah, that's I think that's going to be a a good choice and one that not many people disagree with. Um, mine might be, what is controversial, May It might be slightly controversial because I watched the first series of it. I thought it was absolutely fine. Like bang average entertainment. Um, and I, I know it certainly has a following of people who really enjoy it, but I, I watched about, I think just over half of it, maybe close to two thirds of it, and then just never finished it off. And that was uh, season two of You on Netflix, um, which is just like if you took Dexter and just made it the, the the main guy in Dexter, just like a real wimp. Like he's he's this sort of like, psychotic stalker well he's not really he's not a serial killer but he is like a psychotic unhinged stalker kind of guy um but he's one who just doesn't he seems absolutely terrified to take any sort of action or anything so you're just sort of watching this guy who is uh, just sort of milling around fawning over somebody having this sort of occasionally funny Um, internal monologue about what he thinks about them and what he thinks about the world and in the first series it sort of worked, it was kind of rubbish but the way the characters interacted with each other um, and the way that the obstacles presented to him was, you know, reasonably sensible and Uh, quite dramatic and they set it up in such a way that you did actually end up quite liking him despite all this and you and you liked the character of the person that he became obsessed with but in season two i just was like i didn't like anybody in it um it also had a slightly awkward thing of one of the subplots revolving around a comedian um who was very inappropriate with women who was played by a real life comedian who was later found to be really inappropriate with women so i was like that was sort of like jumping the shark inadvertently on that one but uh it was just it's just absolute trash tv um and it, it fell below the bar of entertaining trash tv which i have absolutely no problem with um but it's the line that you walk when you try and make pretty low rent stuff so that's not one that i would recommend anyone starting to, and to be honest the bar set by season one was not very high anyway so uh probably just a pass on that one I,
1: I, um, i've
0: never i've never seen it um and yeah, you're sensible you're too sensible um, aren't you I, i'm it, never gonna me. never gonna watch it either no. so no um so we had our biggest surprise earlier um, and I think now it's time to talk about our biggest disappointment. So, what was the thing that you were most hyped up about, or you'd seen the trailers, or you'd heard about, it and you thought it looked like it was going to be good, and then when you got there, it was just fell short of your expectations. What have what um, you got I, point, I, I mean, I nearly,
1: nearly put devs in in, in for this one. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's, there's actually been quite a few shows that. That kind of kind of f- fell short of the mark. Um. um it, but I th- I think I'm going to go with um the the undoing, which was the mm-hmm. recent HBO Sky Atlantic, uh, draw uh, book adaptation, um, sort of you know mystery drama.
0: Um, starring. Yeah, I can't help you. I didn't watch it. I thought about it, but then I didn't. Uh,
1: so it was st- starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant and Donald Sutherland and, and a few other um, famous people, and uh, I don't know. It just. I I was really excited about it. It looks kind of great. It looks like really flashy and glossy, and, uh, and just had every everything that it should have. Um, that, that, that I should have enjoyed. Um. And it was just a it it was an interesting mystery and it kind of managed to to kind of lure you in, but it just kind of fell a bit bit flat and the characters weren't particularly sort of i, I just didn't didn't get a good connection with the characters yeah.
0: um was was the was the problem that you had for it do you think not so much what it was but what your what your expectations of it were or what they'd been built up to? to be like because to me it looked like a sort of like sharp objects or um the thing that i had in my head and i've just forgotten the name of big little lies kind yeah, of yeah, I, I, uh, ab- absolute premium sort of book yeah. adaptation thriller powerful cast mm. slick production um and then if it just turns out to be just a bit of a <clears throat> run of the mill
1: yeah it, very very much that was it um it kind of it just didn't quite have the it it didn't quite have that the drive and the polish of the, a big little eyes or, or like like you say even sharp objects which was a just just because the sound quality was so poor very quiet um <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah it just it just missed missed the mark it could have been it could have been done really really well it just sort of didn't have that didn't quite have that punch and I not you know that might be a bit down to to what the source material that they're working from was, but it kind of, it, it was, it came out with a big fanfare. It had a lot of publicity around it in terms of, you you know, kind of talk, you know, to, to, to say that everyone was talking about it. Um, uh, and it just, it just kind of fell short of the mark really. Yeah.
0: My, um, my, my biggest disappointment I think is, um, uh, it's it's a different uh it comes from a different place really than yours so mine is um the season one of picard uh which is made by cbs and was shown mm-hmm. over here on oh god i don't know was it netflix uh, amazon i think amazon i was at amazon mm-hmm. picard um and so i watched the first episode of it and i enjoyed it again like you know excellent production values great budget in it um patrick stewart is just immensely watchable um and just as it went on um My problem with it was not so much that it itself wasn't great, it was fairly standard, slightly boring in places, sci-fi stuff, but it was not in any way Star Trek for me. Um, And when you think about sort of the philosophical idea of the next generation and... Uh, the the world that, uh, that they'd built in that and the, you know the federation and the way society was and all of that and there was plenty of conflict in the next generation but it was really a fairly utopian optimistic future and a lot of the story is about protecting that sort of um, way of life from uh, outside threats and, and how to do that without compromising the uh, the ethics, the, the morals and the ideas that get you there in the first place. And then uh, it's not much of a spoiler this because it's pretty apparent from early on. This has just completely been undone in Picard. Um, so all of the, uh, basically the Federation has ideals and what they stand for have completely fallen into disarray, fallen into xenophobia. And it feels like the people that have made the show are trying to make something edgy and that you know is analogous to modern times and all of this and in doing that they've sort of undone what was actually really quite special and unique about the next generation and the way that it worked and picard is is still picard as the character you know he he's you know a bastion of moral authority and he's trying to fight to get back to those ways of life and to protect that but um the whole thing just felt a little bit like you know, they failed to read the room and what people wanted from Picard, and and maybe that's just me. Um, but you know, we're talking about disappointments. I, I was disappointed by it, um, so you know, there you go.
1: <laughs> I, I I haven't um, haven't finished. I started Picard and I've not finished it. Um, I thought
0: you I thought you always finished.
1: Right, it. Well, I, I I eventually do. It's not like I've given up on it. It's, it's on the list to be oh, finished.
0: We'll get there. But
1: yeah, it, it just, yeah, the first show that I was pretty excited about, it, it was, yeah, very much a very under, it's been very underwhelming thus far. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, Picard is so iconic in terms of who he is and what, yeah, and what he stands for. Um uh, uh, And, yeah, it, yeah, it, it just doesn't feel, it, it just doesn't feel like it really makes, it, it, from what I've seen, sort of properly hangs together. Uh, in, yeah. In a coherent way. And I just, I just don't feel I, like I don't really care enough.
0: Yeah. That's sort of what it comes down to. I mean, you just sort of lose interest really when you, when you realise you're not seeing what you, expect or what you hope to see um, to see happen but let, let's move on now to, to better clients uh, and we'll talk about we'll get right into our top 5 TV yeah. of the year and we'll we'll start off as we always do Michael with you, with your number 5 yeah.
1: so uh, I my number 5 is the second series of what we do in the shadows um, so, so uh, Jermaine Clement uh, has kind of revived the mockumentary the characters or, or kind of he sort of took a new spin on the, on, on the characters that that him and uh, Taika Waititi um created for the, the, the kind of seminal um, film. Um Starring Cave I know about Matt Berry, Natasha Dimitri but uh, um, but I suppose this series also has a much bigger role for Mark Proch as the uh, as the energy vampire. Um and I just thought they 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 kind of there's so many great characters out there and um, the sort of the five kind of main characters. Um, just have so much sort of scope that they were able to build out um, all of them through this through this series, that, and and add in other mystical creatures along the way, but mystical creatures in sort of real life settings, so real life scenarios. So there was a yeah, you know, as an obvious choice, there was an actual troll, who was an internet troll, and and all of those things, and you know Colin Robinson got his you know his his own episode. Where it was just all about him and, and you kind of you know, saw 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 more of that character sort of develop, um and I, and I just thought it's just it's just so well written so well performed, um and it, it you know, it's just it's just brilliant and I just absolutely loved it. I thought I thought the second series was was even, was much better than the first and you really enjoyed the first one but I just thought it just took a a huge leap forward in the second series. Mm-hmm
0: yeah i mean I, I i really really enjoyed it as well i i would say i thought the first series was better than it um but um yeah i mean it's still it's you know it's one of the one of the best comedy shows that's being made at the moment definitely um it's highly enjoyable and uh yeah i, I mean it's it. i did i did completely forget about it. it wasn't on my list yeah but um, so well, I would never have made my top ten anyway. I mean, that's <laughs> if anything you like, that's a bit of an indictment. I did enjoy it. And then I sort of almost immediately forgot that it had happened. Um, but, you know, uh, good comedy is hard to do and it's definitely good comedy. So, uh, Michael, I hope you're ready to talk about your number four immediately because we can't talk about my number five because it's higher on your list than it is on mine. OK. So we'll have to come back to it later.
1: Yeah. So um, my number four is um a, a show that i um I have, i've previously talked about it, enjoyed um I think it was in my top 10 last year
0: um, it was yeah yep,
1: yeah it was it was number 5 last year um so it's the second it was the second series of my brilliant friends the um, dramatization of the um uh, Frante um, um sort of neapolitan novels so the second the, her second book in the series is the second series um, and um, yeah it, it charts the sort of the the growth of two childhood friends Elena and uh, and Leela and you know this series is probably a slightly harder watch the the, the content is is you know is, is just a, a bit tougher rather than just the the, the initial sort of Struggles of growing up in a you know kind of a, a very poor area of Napoli. Um, you know there, there are some some sort of you know, tougher subjects which they which they broached through the series, but it just it, it just looks fantastic. The the story is just captivating. And uh, yeah, I I know that the, the books are you know are, are very popular, and I think they've they've had the, the adaptation of them is is you know, it's, it's really strong um in terms of capturing the sense and the essence and, and the um kind of the real spirit of of the particularly sort of the the areas of, of Napoli where, where they kind of grow up and their family kind of lives um i just i just think it's just a it's just a fantastic show it's just brilliantly made um it's just it's just well worth watching.
0: Where, where would we find this uh, one? So
1: it's uh, Sky Atlantic over here. So it's probably on their TV if you've also got that TV.
0: Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my number four is also a book adaptation, but I think that's about where the similarity ends. So uh, mine is an HBO production of The Outsider, uh, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King book um, created by Richard Price, starring Ben Mendelssohn, Cynthia Erivo, Bill Camp, various other people um so this is a as you'd accept from from stephen king it's a sort of mystery horror or is it a horror or a thriller um it's about um a murder in a small town that the local one of the local detectives has to try and solve and then where it goes from there is really sort of part of the journey so i won't say much more about it but um what is Certainly the initial or the thing that initially hooked me into it about it was the whole idea of whether or not there was anything supernatural about it and the, the show very much plays with your expectations and your ideas and you swing backwards and forwards about, you know, is this, is this actually something from beyond the pale? Because you're obviously always, you know, you're pretty aware that it's a Stephen King thing or is this just a mundane, albeit horrific, um, crime that's happened here? Um, and um it, it starts like an absolute cracker the first like three or four episodes the first two of which are directed by jason bateman only has a small but very important role they absolutely nails in there as well um are, are, are just tremendous they really just leave you on the edge of your seat always wanting more the tension really really ramps up um it's pretty scary as well it's not like shock horror kind of scary it's it's menacing and threatening and um, you you start to sort of like fear for various different characters because um, the tone is just oppressive and and dark and intruding on you. And, and it's just an absolutely it's like one of the most atmospheric things that I've I've watched that I can remember. Um, and after the first sort of three or four episodes, it does lose its way a little bit. It, it's it, it starts to sort of slow down a bit. Um, and as certain things become clearer about the story and about what's going on um, it loses a bit of the atmosphere because the atmosphere came from uncertainty Uh, so as soon as you start to sort of take that away the atmosphere starts to suffer a little bit but it is effective right up until the end and what for me certainly seems to be unusually for a, a Stephen King adaptation it does end pretty satisfyingly it isn't the best ending in the world but it is certainly a decent ending that is a that is a resolution so you know I'll take that um and the actors in there are all tremendous I mean um Ben Mendelssohn and Cynthia Arrivo are the main two uh and, and and they're fantastic they really just play into a well. but it's a really really great supporting cast in there as well People like Mayor Winningham and Paddy Considine and people like that. So it's a, it's a great cast, really tremendous atmosphere, just really, really well made and quite a quite a threatening, effective uh, mystery horror thriller type thing that I enjoyed a lot and I watched every week as soon as it came out. So um, that's right up there for me.
1: Um, yeah, I, I've started watching it and I haven't finished it.
0: Well, I'm glad I didn't tell you what happened at the end then.
1: Um, yeah, so that is that is very very useful. Uh, yeah, it, it's okay. you know, it's just one of those shows that it's there's there's a lot. You know, it's it's kind of a full hour each sort of episode.
0: It's 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 long. Yeah, I didn't feel it though. I've got to say, it wasn't one of those where I where I felt that it dragged on an on an no, episode. No, no, but it's a, just
1: like you don't have the time to to put into it. And I was hoping to have more specific time to be able to. Um, to, to 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 sort of rattle through do more of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm four episodes through. Um, so uh, at this at this pace, sort of 2022, I should have finished it.
0: <laughs> well, I'll look forward to hearing what you think about it then. Um, right, Mike, what is your number three?
1: Um, so my number three is the third series of uh, Babylon Berlin. Which was, um, which is a sort of it's a Sky own production a Sky germany production. Um, again, I've spoken about this previously. Um, I think it might have been in sort of previous top tens. Uh, if I look back, uh, yeah, the first series was was number three in in 2018. Um, uh, and then and then the second series, which was did, because they showed them back to back, and it was just outside my top ten. Um, in the wow. same year. Um, it, it's so it's a, again it's a, I think virtually everything I've got on my list is some sort of a dramatization of a of a book in some way. So it's the <laughs> dramatization of the, bo- I mean, the book of Curse, really. exactly. Uh, Curse books, but the story soon move. It, it, it doesn't really follow the the, the the plot of the books um very closely um it's um it's a, it's a, a, about a detective um in berlin in the sort of the end of the 20s sort of start of the, the 30s so there's lots of stuff about the rise of uh, you know, uh, nationalism the nazi party there's kind of the the the, the first couple of series leans heavily on the excesses of the of the 20s um, and the sort of the massive inequality then but now you you're kind of entering the sort of the great depression and, sort of the stock market collapses sort of the, the sort of the narrative that flows through the third series um um and then there's 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 just a, within it there's a really interesting sort of mystery the main character Gary on wraith is a um, he's a former world war 1 soldier so there's the, the there's kind of the the issues linked to that in terms of sort of shell shock and, and kind of and and, uh, and PTSD around his experiences um you know and he's pretty complex in terms of his family relationship marrying his you know his, 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 his brother's widow and, and all of those kind of things it's very sort of complex developed sort of world over sort of three series and the the third series just kind of keeps going it looks really great there's a real sort of polished machine in terms of you know you know it it, it kind of has a great feel but also has a sort of a grubbiness depicting sort of capturing the the kind of the world where they're living um as well you know and, and and you know they're being sort of yeah, you know, savoury crimes within within that. So uh, yeah, it, it was on Sky Atlantic, so I don't know if it's still up on sort of now TV. It'll probably be on Sky Box sets, with it being a Sky production. Um uh, yeah, and I just I have really enjoyed all three series. I thought the the, the kind of the, the third series was kind of going back up to the, the quality of the first really, which is why it's so high up my list.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another one that I keep meaning to look up based on your recommendation. It sounds like something I'd enjoy, but then oh, I've just not, you know, got to it yet. So it's very difficult to uh, browse Twitter while there's uh, subtitled TV on. That's the problem. You actually have to watch it. Yeah, that is makes life hard. That that is very true, and that's where mm. where, where where I so I, I think like I think that that last comment actually probably leads quite well into my um. My number three because um, your your number three is some some kind of like you know classy foreign thing, uh, and I'm complaining that I can't watch it while I'm on Twitter. And my number three is, is Star Wars, so you know I think that's probably us two on a plate there. Uh, so the Mandalorian series one and two on on Disney Plus is my is my number three. I, I'm ramping them both together because I've watched them both this year quite quite close. I'm only paying for Disney Plus once a year, so I just you know gonna watch everything that's on there and at, at, in, in that month um and um really this is sort of the anti-picard for me so where where picard let me down because whatever you think about it on its standalone merits it didn't feel like star trek the mandalorian finally is something that's been made that's got star wars on the name of it that feels like star wars and um the first two seasons of it just absolutely nail the sort of spaghetti western meets japanese samurai film that that was all over the uh, the original trilogy in there um and it's just really really atmospheric so it's create it's um create created created by john favreau um who also did the original iron man film amongst sort other of things so he's quite good at um getting things back on track when it comes to these large large licenses. Um, And it it just follows the Mandalorian, the main character, who is a a masked bounty hunter. And every episode is 30 to 45 minutes long, Michael, you'd hate it because it's got inconsistent episode lengths. Um, And Everyone does a great job of being a standalone adventure, if you like. It has been criticized for feeling a bit like a video game at times because quite often the Mandalorian goes somewhere, gets given a job, has to go somewhere else, kill something, collect something and come back and whatever. And that's, you know, that's a valid criticism because that is very much true. But what that does mean is that every episode stands on its own as an adventure. There's always something entertaining and and interesting going on. Again, it's got a great sense of humor in there um and but it does have an overall arc that it gets to it's not a slave to it so it's not one of those things where you're not going to understand what's what's going on if you've if you've you know not seen what's happening before you'll get the main thrust of it but you are then rewarded obviously for watching the whole thing um but it keep make sure everything keeps going at a pace because you know it's it's the thing you don't get as much nowadays as every episode actually having its own start middle and end to the story uh, which is the case on The Mandalorian. So it's enjoyable on that regard. Obviously, the production values are incredibly high. Fantastic cast in there. Pedro uh, uh, Pascal is the uh, the Mandalorian himself, and then there's really high-caliber guest stars in there, such as Nick Nolte, Taika Waititi, Richard Ayoade, all sorts of people. And it's um, really just an absolute relief and a pleasure to be back in a Star Wars universe that I recognise and can enjoy
1: so uh, I have seen the first series of it um hmm. and, uh, and, and enjoyed it um, but I have yet to see the second and I think from what I can tell the second sort of really takes the story on from, from, yeah, from it's that. more
0: it's more it, it still manages to be self-contained for the most part except towards the end it gets a bit more into the bigger arc but yeah they're definitely. The over the overarching story elements are a bit more present in series two than the, in series one.
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, you talk about being something that's sort of Star Wars and being more, um, you, know, you know, feeling like Star Wars that that isn't it wasn't the original Star Wars. Um, yeah, the Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that. In. Was was there, the, was it droids? Is that also?
0: Yeah, it was droids was one yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I didn't see that one. I don't think, cause I I remember the, watching the Ewoks as a as a boy, not not droids. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so just I'm just putting that out there. It's, they were pretty, pretty, pretty canon. Um.
0: Uh. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: But um, yeah, it, the the uh, it is very yeah you know, it it is very original Star Wars. I think in terms of that that and sort of a new hope Star Wars. It's, it's my mm-hmm. kind of take on watching the first series. Um,
0: it's a lot of desert. Yeah, no,
1: but, but that's, you know, it's as you said, it's that sort of spaghetti western slash samurai sort of story, you know, that kind of kind of play, which, which is kind of that self. And that, it's almost kind of, it goes back to sort of what Star Wars originally was, which was supposed to be a um, sort of a Saturday morning kids' TV show. Um, yeah but, and and it, it it has that in spades and and i like the little i like the the uh, the bit the yeah when the, the credits come through at the end where it kind of replays the episode in the artwork as well
0: oh that's that's fantastic i watch all the. it's like the only tv show that i actually watch all the credits for so all the concept art over the end credits and and the music as well mm-hmm. is brilliant the the music is, Cause, is
1: tremendous. the concept art is very much entwined with sort of why people love sort of star wars and that creation of the 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 the, the, you know, the kind of the monsters and things like that so um yeah um i, I can kind of kind of understand it. i you know I've, I've probably not got far enough through it for, to really sort of have the, the, the love to put it in the top 10. um it was sat but, but series one was sat 36 on my list
0: mm-hmm. but you've uh you've got far enough through at least to appreciate the carl weathers of everything
1: yes of course Oh,
0: God bless you, Carl Weathers. It's such a pleasure to see, him, to see him back on our screens in the in the mainstream yeah, where he belongs.
1: Um, and also,
0: oh. uh, also um, um, who is it? Uh, 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 Werner Herzog as well. Oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, I have, I've, I absolutely. I mean, if nothing else was going to get me about The Mandalorian, it was going to appear on the top 10 just from having Werner Herzog in it. I just, I'd love the man. Always just plays the same thing as well, mm. so wherever he is. I don't think he can really act, I think he's just himself. But it it's still tremendous. But it's just it's
1: it, people just have him in stuff just for his
0: voice. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> he's not an actor, he's a director.
0: Just talk about talk about death and the abyss in your normal voice, Werner. We'll we'll make it work. Mm. It's probably all improv. Yeah. Um cool. Right, Michael. Uh what is your number two? Okay,
1: my number two is uh the second series of The Boys.
0: Mm. Which Yes, which probably won't surprise anyone from what we were talking about earlier.
1: No, which is, you know, kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, which is sort of, yeah, it, it, you know, we, we've spoken about it, I do probably on here, and then we spoke about it separately. And you're, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of moved away from where the story was, yeah, you know, where the where the graphic novel story goes, and I don't really know the graphic uh, novels at all. It's
0: completely, it's completely gone now. <laughs> so, basically,
1: but um, I, yeah, but at the same time, it does have. I think it still catches that same feel.
0: Uh, it's got the same sort of like underlying uh philosophy i guess like it's, it's getting at the same thing as the graphic novels we're getting at so yeah definitely
1: but because uh, i'm not probably as wedded to that uh, you know i i you know, thoroughly thoroughly enjoy um uh, I've enjoyed the second series it has a, a you know really good balance of of comedy and also um, I suppose kind of sort you know sort of a darkness and a seriousness, which is kind of built into to kind of how they portray that this world of superheroes and 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 the commercialisation of, of of superheroes. Um, I, I just I think kind of you know build builds out the characters, it builds out the world some more. Um, there's there's lots of plot flaws within it and things that you would that all really happen? Um, but at the same time... that. that...
0: Well, I mean, it's such a, such a fantastical, extreme version of reality yeah. that I don't think you can ever really get too much caught up in what, what's realistic and what isn't in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: I just think it, it it's just a... I
1: think it is just, just a really well-made, just interesting, unique story... I think they've, they've gone and taken it in, you know in a different direction they've, they've kind of made it their own so whether you kind of like that or not is it depends on probably how how much of an original fan you are um, but again it's it's a show where you feel that um sort of the cast are all really sort of bought into to, to what they're delivering on as well and I think that they they kind of the char- their characters are you know, they, yeah they they're kind of you, you can see kind of where they are with it and then they kind of uh, the best way to describe it but every character puts in such a strong performance because they understand what that character is and and then within sort of the, the cast there seems to be sort of a good rapport in terms of how they how they kind of bounce off each other whether it needs to be comedy or whether it needs to be very serious or, or something in between
0: yeah so for, i did uh, i have seen this obviously um it, it didn't get anywhere near my top 10 but um i think uh, as you mentioned back there mike i did have a bit of an issue with the first series of it just you know how some of the diversions some of the choices they made from the book that isn't my problem with the second series at all like you know but by the time i've, I've got through the first series I'm, I'm like quite happy saying right now we're on a different set of rails here it's it's the same train but it's going to a different place uh so I, i'm fine with that um and i would say we were considering having a sort of category for best performances on here which we we did um we did bin off in the end but one of my contenders would definitely have been anthony star for homelander i think homelander is an absolutely tremendous character and a fantastically maniacal insane threatening performance from uh anthony Starr in that one and, and i absolutely love everything about him everything about the seven all of that performance, I think Stormfront is fantastic in it as well. A really great sort of antagonistic character in there. Um, my problem is I don't like any of the boys as characters. Like, I just find them all really annoying in one way, or the other, with the possible exception of Mother's Milk, who's just a bit of a, you know, a bit of a non-threatening nice guy in there. But the rest of them, just sort of want to give them all a slap for various reasons and... So for that, it's sort of like any time they came back on screen and got me down a bit, and I wasn't really backing them, that was that was the problem that I had with it. But um, everything else that you've said about it, I would absolutely, um, I'd absolutely support. But that's where it fell down a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I, I can get that, but I, it's kind of almost I, I feel part of it's almost like they spent more time sort of building up and focusing on the on, on the the heroes
0: um yeah, and, it certainly and, did, and, yeah. Uh,
1: and maybe to the detriment of developing those other characters um and I, and I just think that, that they kind of they're kind of serving serving a bit of a purpose to move maybe move some of the other characters on but I, just, I yeah, I don't have as much of a problem with that
0: no uh, fair enough um my number two, um, is the final season. I haven't written down what number it is here. Six, I think. The sixth and final season of Bojack Horseman um, on Netflix. So, this is the um, slightly surreal cartoon from Raphael Bob Waxberg about you know, setting a world where people are sort of anthropomorphized versions of animals. Um, but Bojack Horseman has always been, it's very much a sort of its own thing in terms of what it's doing. It's a cartoon that is simultaneously hilarious and also one of the most serious and realistic portrayals. I'm not that I know anything about it, but I'm led to believe one of the most realistic portrayals of um, somebody with substance abuse issues and various mental health problems um, uh, that's actually been put to TV and the fact that they can make all of these disparate elements of surreal cartoon world, um, punchy one line humour and deep, soul-searching, kind of existential issues all work together on the same screen is is an absolute miracle, really. And um, season six, for me, ended in, like, one of the best, most memorable ways of any TV show that I've ever seen. The um, penultimate episode, in particular, is just absolutely staggering. It stands alone. as an incredible achievement of television, I think. And um, it really from start to finish is a is a is a show that has never really dipped that much in quality and its highs have been extremely highs as, as has its its overall quality and i'm just quite glad really that somehow they managed to make six seasons of what is a, must have been really an incredibly tough sell um in a room so you know uh, that is pretty um special so uh, i am gonna go back and watch it all again i think at some point try and take it all in although it might be a bit bit harrowing actually if you try and binge the whole thing it's not the most optimistic show in the world but um yeah i, I just i thought it was absolutely stunning it, it's a show that i've perhaps not rated as highly as i should have done in the past but but seeing how it all tied up um, i just thought it was tremendous extremely well executed i'm also not sure whether it came out this year but i watched it this year so uh, i think i
1: think it came out right at the start of the year i'm i'm sort of only in i think i'm only
0: on season five all right lagging behind yeah Yeah, i kind of had a
1: i kind of drift in and out really with it yeah
0: Yeah, i think there is there is a bit in the middle if it has got a lull i think it is around um season four i think um it's not i think it just loses its way a bit gets stuck in a bit of a maybe gets stuck in a bit of a self-reflective quagmire uh, for a while and, and and the comedy while it's still sort of funny it seems pointless where it starts to feel very pointed again i think towards the fifth and sixth series of it but um yeah i mean for me it's just a it's a, tr- it's a tremendous achievement so um yes well done well done you people um so your number one michael was my number five mm. uh would you like to tell us about it
1: yeah my number one was the uh, the recent Sky One adaptation of um, uh, Brave New
0: World, which is also uh, I think it's developed was
1: it Peacock Media as well? It's America, Peacock,
0: yeah. yeah, the NBC streaming service. Yeah.
1: Um, and um, so it was uh, David Weiner developed it and um, I think it seems to have taken uh, a number of years to sort of come to fruition. And um, with Alden uh, Ehrenreich, uh, um, kind of as the the as I sort of the, the main character, John the Savage, uh, Jessica Brown Findlay is uh, Lenina, um, and, and Harry Lloyd is ostensibly playing sort of the the sort of the villainish character um, as a, sort of the main cast, um, and it's the uh, the adaptation of the oldest oldest uh, Huxley uh, novel of the same name. Uh, which is kind of a bit of a dystopian future um and and i just thought it was just a tremendous uh, tremendous piece of work it looked fantastic it played very much on the sort of that sort of sci-fi um futuristic world that probably west world has sort of um, uh, kind of kind of developed over um, yeah, yeah I got I got
0: very Westworld vibes from it. Um, absolutely, from the aesthetic. Yeah, um, definitely.
1: Um, and 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 it, it kind of as well, it kind of has a little bit of that kind of feel about it as well. Just that that kind of that, that element of dystopian future. Um, um as well, but yeah, you know, I I have read the book, which is rare. For these
0: for this type of stuff all oh, right yeah. okay so more more, more but, step than me i've read about it on wikipedia just so i could have some comparison that's, that's as far as i get with reading these books but
1: i can't really i could remember bits of it and, and i i believe my I, maiden have done a song brave new world as well yeah um, <laughs> which
0: have. i'm familiar with
1: um but I, I
0: just so that is your equivalent of reading a wikipedia plot isn't it's it? is listening it. to the Iron maiden
1: yeah very, very much it so. but I just thought it was just a, a just a really great adaptation really dynamic um, you know it looked great yeah, and I've read some stuff about that the characters sort of lack lack the depth that you would expect all that kind of come through in the novel and things like that but i I, I, I think it kind of focus more on the world and, and you know the building can you build
0: a utopian future yeah i, mean, I, I read that as well and I, I gotta say i didn't particularly feel that i mean i again i haven't read the book so i can't say whether or not the characters are a poor adaptation of how they are in the book but taking it as a standalone piece i mean i thought they had plenty of depth to them and you know you know, plenty of logical decision making behind their characters, who they were, why why they were doing what they were doing, and the motivations and all that. I didn't see many problems with no, that. No, I mean,
1: I, um, I, I mean, maybe there's there's elements around sort of you know, John's character which which were maybe a little bit more binary uh, hmm. for, for for the sake of the, the plot development. But I, I just thought it was just it was just fantastically um, made. You know, again, it was it's right. I think. I think it was 10 episodes. I think I've wa- watched it all in...
0: Yeah, it might, might have been eight. Possibly. around that. Around that.
1: Um, but I watched it all in sort of, you know, double quick time because it was all, all released in one go. Um, And it just had a real... It, it was one of the... I mean, th- there's been lots of interesting stuff and this is probably more the way that I've ended up watching TV this year. Um, and not because of... Not for anything in particular. But I just... It, it was the... F- the only show that kind of really got me hooked right the way through episode to episode um, and just had that, had not only a wow feeling around wanting to know what happens in the story and how it develops, but also had a wow around watching something that looked great and looked quite different and, and felt sort of original and felt like someone had sort of really put their own stamp on on, on what they were doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had this. It, it was at my number five and The Outsider at number four. This and that were very close together. Um, and because, again, I, because I got the same sort of like feeling from watching them. Obviously, they're nothing alike as shows, but they were both shows that I watched more or less as quickly as I could. The Outsider came out one episode a week, so I couldn't binge it in the same way. But I was, they were episodes that despite being an hour or 50 minutes or whatever they were, they, they just sort of breezed by for me um i was always really excited to watch the next one to find out what happened great casts great production looked tremendous just really for my money absolutely like top tier slick tv uh drama uh thriller, whatever you want to call it making um and i i just really really enjoyed it i thought it had every ingredient to be a really really enjoyable really successful tv show the only bit i didn't like about it was um you know spoilers but the way they sort of left the ending open for another series which they're now not getting because it's been cancelled and i think that's probably for the best i think it should have been a one and done um and that was really only a very minor blemish i, I just personally really don't like it when something that should have been one and done is as left with this sort of slightly ugly mar at the end when they try and set up a sequel for it but um overall just a, a really really enjoyable well-made um, uh, experience I thought So um, if
1: that was your number five what,
0: what was what was your number one then Max? My number one and I believe your number seven uh, was the Queen's Gambit on Netflix the limited series from Scott Frank and Alan Scott that stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as a uh, female chess prodigy growing up in the 50s and 60s So you see her from an early age, about eight or nine, I think, when she ends up in an orphanage. um, And then just as she progresses through her life, um, trying to cope with various different personal issues that come along for her and psychological issues, as well as this sort of inherent discrimination in chess against her being um, a woman. And um, it was, I just thought, uh, almost just a, a... complete perfect TV so Chernobyl was my number one um, show of last year just a really uh, stunning miniseries the Queen's Gambit is not as good as Chernobyl but uh, when you're talking about how to make a really great miniseries I think it's right up there it's got everything it's exactly the right length tremendous performances. exactly the right depth um, really interesting sort of side characters that come come in and out and have noticeable impacts really well played um, and just everything about it was thoroughly um thoroughly enjoyable i thought
1: I'm, i i mean i i think it it's a show that 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 looks great and just has a richness and a fullness um i think So I, I think there's probably Probably times that there's this I, I felt the story maybe just flagged a little bit um um but I mean it's you know these are sort of splitting hairs type of type of issues um don't, yeah, in in terms of what was a a show that looked great really well performed um and. I just, uh, yeah, it just had all of that lovely richness and kind of, kind of, uh, it kind of had an iconic feel to it. It just captured a a time.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a story that, you know, in various ways you don't see much about, you know, it's probably my second favourite piece of fiction about chess after, after night moves with Christopher Lambert, which uh I think we we can all agree it's probably the greatest piece of fiction ever created about chess. Um, and um, is
1: it fiction? Well, that's what
0: they that's that's what they want you to believe. So I'm just sticking with the um I'm just sticking with the the mainstream narrative on that one. Let's not get into conspiracy theories here. But um yeah the the queen's gambit was just I I really couldn't think of any criticisms of it the thing that you said about it lagging i I have read that i think in some uh some reviews of it saying that it sort of dips here and there in the middle i didn't find that personally but obviously a lot of the time things like that are up to individual taste and how well engaged you are with the characters and the storylines and certainly i've i've watched things that i thought flagged that other people think are Tremendous mean, we, we, we talked about Breaking Bad right at the start of the podcast, which I thought really dragged in places, and yet a lot of other people don't seem to have that complaint about it. So, you know, the, the, the pacing thing I can understand is a criticism, but for me it was, um, I think part of the reason I enjoyed it so much was it arrives with no fanfare. I've got no expectation around it whatsoever. I'd never even heard of it before it came on. I think I just saw a couple of comments from people various places saying that they, they were watching it and they'd really enjoyed it and I was like all right then I'll, I'll, I'll give this thing a go so it, you know it came out of nowhere um, for me and uh, yeah again just absolutely smashed through it really really enjoyed it and if I did that
1: that might be right it's a little bit low because I probably saw a bit more of the um, a, you know a bit more stuff with people talking you. about yeah. it or, or, or talking about it before I necessarily finished it um or, or or having said it was great before I got to start it, um. But it, it is it's a it's a it's a really unique story. It's a really interesting story, um. And you know it's it, it just it just has has everything you want and um and your Taylor Joy is you know is just sort of perfectly cast as the but yeah it is as the lead and, and just kind of really carries that, that whole, the whole show is kind of a pretty good Yeah, she's doing much. a lot
0: of work in because she's, I don't think she, she ever really off screen, not for long if she is. And um, yeah, she's doing a lot of work in that and, and doing it really well. It's a really, it should be. She's actually had a couple of near breakout performances and that should really do it, I think, for us. So um, yeah, uh, really, really great stuff. So um, overall, Mike, I, I think, 2020 I, i've been a little bit disappointed with the tv I, I was having a look at my top 10 and comparing it to my top 10 for last year um and i don't think it's i don't think it's quite up to the same level no, i think I, probably i, I think last... seven or eight of my top 10 would probably be out this top 10 um maybe maybe five or six but...
1: possibly um poss- possibly i think i think last year was a Probably a, a pretty high watermark.
0: Yeah, I mean there was some trauma. I mean I was looking at like I had, um, you know, things like Barry and um, the Expanse and years and years. We're talking like five, six, and seven in my top ten last year, and it shows that I really liked. So I think I think maybe it's not that this is a weak year. I think maybe last year was just particularly strong. Um, but. but I
1: mean, if you go back the year before.
0: My, this spreadsheet doesn't go back that far. 2018,
1: I think, feel, feels... I'd, I'd potentially say that this year would be stronger than that. I'd
0: yeah. be little, I mean, like none of the, none these years are as strong as whatever year Twin Peaks the return came out. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, high watermark of so that was TV 20, in the That was 20,
1: the 2017. Few, I refuse to rate that show. What <laughs> year? But, well, yeah, um, well, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they have the third series as Leftovers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, like, my first series of Mindhuntering.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I... It's hard to know because I don't think I've watched... Yeah, you know, As I said, I've probably not been as consistent with watching. So it's been sort of in a very different way. So it's hard to say, what, you know, how this, how this year really fits in. I think there's probably been more stuff this year that I've enjoyed been very good but hasn't isn't you wouldn't want to say it was a top 10 tv show mm. you know, this this year feels like a year where there's been lots of like i've probably seen you know 20 shows which should have been 11th on a top 10 list if that makes sense um yeah yeah you know, it just, it feels yeah
0: like definitely bad. i felt the same like there was there was plenty of good stuff just a lot of it fell into a little bit of a morass around the really good but not great area Mm. yeah yeah
1: definitely
0: right anyway well thank you for joining me michael um who knows what state our podcast will be in next year but i suspect that at the very least you'll get another one of these around the same time next year where we review 2021 uh and you know you never know maybe we'll actually get our arses in gear and, and organize something a bit more regularly um particularly if we're ever allowed outside again um but if not anyway michael it's always been a pleasure as usual um i hope you've had a very merry christmas and you have a lovely new year um, and uh, thank you for joining no,
1: thanks very much max i will keep if nothing else this gives me an excuse to maintain a spreadsheet uh,
0: yeah it's good isn't it yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't watch any tv if it wasn't for this actually that's the only reason i ever watch anything exactly so it's nice to have that impetus. Cool. All right. Well, uh, have a have a good New Year to uh, everybody out there who might be listening. I say everybody, and I mean anybody. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can maybe tweet us. I have no idea if our Twitter is still active, yes. at Wigweonars, or email wigwionars at gmail.com. Um, and, yeah, um, we will catch you later. Goodbye. Bye.